0: What's going on, everybody? Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Marley, and welcome back to The Writer's Block. This is the podcast where we explore the thoughts, the conversations happening between the songs that ultimately inspire the music. Look, I want this to be a chance for artists of any medium to take a step back, find new inspiration, and hop back to it. Hopefully, this podcast gets you out of that rut that we call The Writer's Block. That's right, welcome to the Writer's Block. My name is Marley, uh, and we're going to go ahead and get right into this. Of course, as always, it is Wednesday. Beautiful morning. I'm looking out the window right now. I'm back in my studio, uh, and uh, it it looks like it's going to be a great day. I don't know when this weather thing happened, you know, but uh, as far as me telling you guys the weather, but it has. And here we are. Um, But anyway, I absolutely dreaded this episode, Why? Because I couldn't figure out what this episode was going to be about. I still really don't know what it's going to be about, but I feel like on the last Wednesday of the month, we should have something a little special, something a little different, so I'm going to try that. Now, this Wednesday, and I don't know if it's going to stick or not, so if next Wednesday or the next last Wednesday is something totally different, then hey, Roll with it. But this Wednesday, we're going to have story time. Um, and this story, by the way, is uh, it's one that I don't really like telling, simply because I think a lot of people use this subject as gimmick, a gimmick. Um, <clears throat> I don't want that to be the case. Uh, for me, this subject, it, it can be touchy, but I do believe it should be a conversation that is had... Uh, amongst all races, all people, uh, all, all genders, you know, everything. I think everybody should have this conversation. And I think that everybody should explore this topic on their own. Of course, this topic is mental health. Now, my journey has been really, really unique, I think. Uh, it started when my parents divorced. Now, my parents divorced when I was like 22, 23, no might be a little later than that, might be like 24, 25. But whenever it was, I was an adult. Um, Now, of course, at that time, I felt like, well, I'm an adult. This is not going to affect me. And for the most part, it did not in the way that uh, it would affect a a smaller child or something like that. But it did affect me. Um, At the time, my mom was going to see a therapist. And Uh, you know, her therapy was just so she could check and make sure that she wasn't harboring any, uh, resentful feelings or any, um, she wanted to grow. She wanted to continue growing as a person. And I think that's one thing that therapy, uh, does. Therapy definitely will grow you as a a person. It, It forces you to look at who you are, who you've been and who you hope to become, um, and I think it's just a really, really good assessment. It's a cool way to have somebody with a non-biased opinion uh, just just begin a conversation with you uh, about your life. And through those conversations, you end up realizing things about yourself that you otherwise might not realize. Um, but anyway, she continues through therapy. Uh, of course, my mom and I have a great relationship, and she tells me about the therapy. In fact, she brought me in to one of her sessions. Um, and I think the purpose behind that was to make sure that I, uh, was clear, I guess, on, on what was going on to make sure that I was clear on her stance and her, her, um, position and what was going on. And also I think part of it was to make sure that I felt okay with, or, um, to, to gauge how I felt with what was going on, you know, through this divorce. I liked the session. Um I like deep conversations anyway, so to me having this conversation with this therapist was something that um I didn't realize that I was missing and it was something that I was totally open to exploring for myself. So I reached out and this therapist, you know, stays pretty busy. Um but luckily because of my mom and and the relationship there, she kind of vouched for me in a way. And, um, you know, she's now my therapist. She's been my therapist for, for a while. Um, like I said, I think this happened when I was like 24, 25, maybe 26. I really don't know. I'm terrible with, with years, but anyway, continuing through the story, um, I start seeing this therapist. Now, Therapy is a thing that happens over years. It's not something that you just go to one time and all of a sudden all of your your whatever's, your issues are just poof, gone. It's not how it happens at all. Um, In fact, for me, the journey was pretty interesting because I originally went in for one thing, which was, hey, I just want to make sure that I'm not you know, feeling some type of way about this whole thing. And I want to process it correctly, right? That's, that's what I've been looking for, but, um, I want to process it correctly. Perfect way to phrase that. Um, and so that's how it started for me. Of course, you know, it, it ended up evolving into something else. And, and for me, it was anxiety depression. It's crazy because when I was younger, um, I had tachycardia. The doctors told me I had tachycardia, and they said that because my frame was small, um it was allowing blood to do something weird with the heart, blah blah blah. long story short, I had tachycardia. I grew up, which they said that I would grow out of it, but I grew up, and it kept going right. I would have these episodes of just a fast heartbeat, and it would freak me all the way out but um as time went on, I ended up getting tested. And the testing for that is a halter monitor, right? They put this thing across your chest. It tells you, Hey, here's your heartbeat. Um, if there's any irregularities or if there's any kind of, you know, tachycardiac or yeah, tachycardiac episode, um, that halter monitor records it and halter monitor, sorry, records it. And then the doctors can check it out from there. Now, when I did that, Each and every time there was nothing that happened. It was almost like my heart knew when the the halter monitor got on me. And it was just like, yeah, bro, I'm chilling. But anyway, um, it happened again during the pandemic. And it was the same exact thing. But this one was a, a lot worse. Like I had this weird pain in my shoulder and like my heart was beating, like crazy thoughts racing, palms sweating, things like that. And, um, I remember being on the phone with a friend and I was like, yo, just stay on the phone with me for a second. Um, and I ended up falling asleep and I woke up and the same thing happened. And, um, so I called my doctor and mind you, this is in the beginning. I mean, yeah, the beginning, the middle of the pandemic is right in the middle, actually. And it's at the time where nobody's going out, we're doing telehealth and all that kind of stuff. And, um, my doctor was just like, yeah, you know, and and this is after talking to me, asking my symptoms and I had an Apple watch. So I, I sent him, you know, my health information and, and, uh, my, uh, heartbeat, uh, graph thing, uh, analytics. And he was convinced that it wasn't a heart attack and that it was an anxiety attack. So that was the first time that I've, well, the first time that I had an anxiety attack and knew what it was. I think that that was what was happening my entire life. But anyway, anxiety and depression have now entered the the, the conversation. Um, and after going to my therapist uh, or while going to my therapist, I happened to have taken them fast forward a little bit. Uh, Because I was medicated for, like, you know, the anxiety part of that. But anyway, I ended up taking a friend's Adderall one day. Don't even know why I took the Adderall. I have no clue. But it was the first day that I was able to just be. Like, it was the first normal day that I've ever had in my life. And that was so cool. It wasn't a high, but it was just, like, clarity. And... I remember so vividly um, that I told a friend, a friend of mine, I was like, hey, I think I'm going to go get it. I kind of want to play, ba- play basketball. I think I'm going to go get a basketball. And I went and got it. Now, this may seem, you know, minuscule to you. It, it, it may not seem like a lot. But for me, I never follow through, you know. So my entire life has been, hey, I want to play basketball. I'm going to go get a basketball. And then I just go home. Uh, But this day I went and got the basketball and uh, I ended up playing basketball and just had a really, really good day. I I talked to a friend of mine who is a uh, therapist and I was just telling her like, hey man, you know, this is what's happening. She was like, yo, I think you might have ADHD. You should talk to your therapist about it. And so I talked to my therapist about it in the next session and she also agreed, hey, you have ADHD. And the reason she said that is because for neurotypical people, you know, I won't say normal, but for neurotypical people who take Adderall, they get somewhat of a high. For people who are, who are neurodivergent like myself, um it pretty much just makes you normal. <laughs> it pretty much levels you out and allows you to focus, right? So, she was like, I- you know, you shouldn't be taking other people's medicine, but I'm I'm pretty sure you have ADHD. So we went into this whole uh, time period or whatever of trying to find a way to get uh, ADHD meds, so Adderall at that time prescribed for me. And it was tough because through my therapy sessions, um, I had, you know, told my therapist that I was taking... Drugs at the time. Now, not like super hard drugs or anything. Uh, I was drinking heavily. um, And not just like every day or anything like that. But when I did go out on the weekends with friends, I would binge really, really hard. And the last uh, drinking episode or whatever that I had before this conversation with my therapist, I actually ended up on the roof of uh, the Salisbury parking garage. And that's where I woke up. It was like four in the morning when I woke up and I hopped in my car and drove home. And it was, it was crazy. Like that, uh, that was kind of a, a wake up call of sorts for me. Cause that's just, it's unsafe. And so the, uh, final thing that happened before I ended up, uh, you know, getting, getting, uh, put on, on meds. Well, actually, hold up. Wait, I'll go back. So that episode happened. Um, and my therapist was like, you know, for people with ADHD, they tend to actually, uh, go into drugs and alcohol simply because they're chasing that dopamine high. If you don't know, uh, ADHD is characterized by low levels of dopamine essentially. Um, so in order to get that dopamine, you know, you can get it from like novelty, you can get it from drugs and alcohol, you can get it from exercising if that's your thing. But I was getting it from drugs and alcohol. And um so she put that in the note that she wrote to my physician, and she was like, Hey, you know, here's what's happening. Um, and I believe that he needs uh ADHD meds. My doctor wasn't convinced. He was like, you know, cool, you may have ADHD, but I'm not prescribing you um, any Adderall. Why? Because Adderall is habit forming uh, for some people. And because of my use of drugs and alcohol that time, um, he was just like, I can't in good faith prescribe this for you, which I think is a flaw in the system simply because that is a symptom of ADHD in adults who have been untreated and now you're telling me you're not going to give me medicine to treat this um, because of the thing that is a symptom of this. And I'm sure no fault to him, to my physician that people come in all the time and, and try to, you know, finagle their way, finesse their way through the system and, and get, you know, Adderall and things. But this wasn't the case for me. And so, He was like, you know, I'll I'll prescribe you depression meds, which that was you know another symptom um, or another thing that I was experiencing, but I won't prescribe you Adderall. You would have to see a psychiatrist. So now I'm on the hunt for a psychiatrist. Um, I finally finally find the psychiatrist, and uh, I get tested. You know, she gives me this test, which is crazy because the threshold for this test or this assessment that she gave me was four, meaning if you score four, you're showing symptoms, you're showing signs of ADHD. I think it was like six or eight or something like that, or between six and eight, that was like, yes, you've got ADHD. Bro, I scored a 12. I have severe ADHD and none of it has been hyperactivity for me. It's all just inattention and I don't have an ability to focus all the time. But when I do focus, I hyper focus, which whole other thing. Anyway, going back to the therapy thing, I finally end up getting prescribed Adderall. Now, this in and of itself is not the end all be all. There's been a journey through that, um, getting the milligrams, the dosage right, uh, things like that. Right. Therapy continues. And. At this point, (coughs) excuse me. Well, at this point, we find out, which I think is a very important thing to say. We find out um, that for untreated adults, people who have ADHD and who have gone untreated into adulthood, they often experience comorbidity. All that is, is, hey, ADHD is going to bring friends with it. Those friends tend to be anxiety and depression, which totally makes sense if you think about it, right? The reason it does make sense is because as an adult with ADHD, you start to notice things. Here's the things you notice. Hey, I have all this potential, right? But I can't seem to get to where my friends are, my peers are. And for me, it felt like, bro, I am more talented. I was about to say better, but I'm not better than my peers. I am more talented than some of them. Um, and I just couldn't, and, and still today I can't always, um, seem to channel that talent and focus it and actually accomplish, accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. Um, so that in and of itself can bring on depression, right? You're, you're, not living up to what you know you can be. You're you're doing things like showing up late all the time, um which most people don't know is a symptom of ADHD, can be a symptom of ADHD. Um and we won't go into why that is, but it has to do with time dilation and dopamine and blah blah blah. Um I'm not a psychi- a psychologist though, so you know, these are just things that I've read on my own time. But anyway, those types of things can cause a depression. Uh, Now you take that a little further and you look at like, okay, I'm showing up late. Now I'm worried about what the person is going to say. I'm worried about how they're going to look at me. I'm worried about if they're going to, like, let's say it's a job. Are they going to fire me? Are they going to, you know, you don't know what's happening. And that causes anxiety, right? So there's your comorbidity. Uh, You have ADHD. It goes untreated into adulthood and now, you have anxiety and depression as well, and that's kind of what I was facing. And um, it it has been a interesting roller coaster ride, and it still continues. I mean, you know, I uh, my my meds they change um, with depending on what's going on sometimes. So there are times when my life is way busier and I need more focus. And I may adjust my, at this time it's five ants, but I may adjust that medicine. Um, We also found out that I have a a little bit of a mood disorder. Um, So there's medicine for that that I take. And a funny story about that, by the way, if you have, if you're, you know, on, on meds, I feel like you can probably relate to this. But there's times where, because of the medicine, you start to feel, neurotypical, you start to feel normal. Right. And when you feel that way, you're like, bro, why do I need this medicine? I'm I'm over this. I'm not taking this. And so <laughs> I had this conversation with a friend, um, at, at my church and, uh, I talked to them about mental health all the time. And so we're talking and I'm like, yeah, you know, I stopped taking the mood disorder medicine thing. Cause psh, I ain't really need it. And uh, they were just like, yeah, so I mean, do you find any difference with it, like with music or anything? And I'm like, well, yeah, I I feel like it stops me from being creative. I feel like I'm way more creative now. I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm just top of the world, right? Like I'm living good. And in that moment, I noticed, wait a minute, you've been on in this kind of manic state. And and what I mean by that is at that time, for me, it's always spending money. I don't know. But at that time, I had spent money on a bunch of dumb stuff. Like, bro, I I purchased some stuff for my dog. Like, my dog didn't like to be groomed. Um, he's a puppy. He, he just couldn't stand being groomed. And so I bought all this stuff because I'm like, bro, PetSmart can't groom him. He's too anxious. Like, I'm going a, I'm to a groom him myself. So I bought shampoo. I bought two different shampoos. I bought a blow dryer. I bought scissors. I bought uh, the little grooming table. I bought clippers. Like, I bought all this stuff. Didn't use it. Still don't use it. Never sent it back. Like, I was buying shoes at that time. Like, just buying stuff to buy stuff. Like, but anyway, that's usually how my manic episodes um go and so I'm having this conversation with with a friend of mine and I'm just like yo wait a minute I am in a manic state right now and obviously after that comes a depressive state but being able to realize those things is just growth in therapy to be honest because before it would be the same thing spending money and then drinking as well and, like, bro, it was crazy. Like, another friend of mine, we would go out and buy a bottle, then go to the bar with friends, spend $500 there, and end up getting another bottle. Like, it, spending money and drinking was huge. Um, but importance of therapy is I go, I talk, I find out these issues, I find out these these things that are happening with me, uh, and in my life. And, um, I get medicated. Right. And so I remember the first time that I felt this way, but it was, it was in Georgia. Um, I was there for my birthday. We celebrated me and my cousin, um, my two cousins, but my one cousin has a birthday in October as well. So we celebrate together. And at this time I'm on Adderall, newly on Adderall and I didn't feel the need to drink. And I was like, wow, this is, you know, kind of life changing because um, I was able to have a drink and stop. And that was the first time that that had happened in a long time. Um, Because like I said, I would normally just binge. And so I was able to stop. And that was the first time that I noticed, oh man, this thing is working. And it gave me the greatest feeling, the greatest feeling. So as you can see I'm a huge advocate for therapy. Um that's a little bit of my therapy journey. Um and hopefully, you know, it's uh inspired you to to begin your journey. If you're if you're already, you know, on that therapeutic or, you know, whatever journey, then hopefully it inspires you to stay on it. And I will forever, like I said, I'm an advocate for for mental health and um i think everybody should go to therapy i think therapy tends to be this this word that uh gets thrown around and and it's used lightly and but at the same time i think that it's something that people are scared of maybe like intimidated by and i know in certain cultures like for the black culture like we don't talk about mental health not nearly enough and uh for my family it wasn't a thing and um it wasn't a thing that we talked about Uh, and sometimes it still isn't depending on the depth of, of what we're talking about. Um, my mom and I have a great relationship, like I said, so we talk about it in depth, but, um, yeah, I, I think that everybody should go to therapy at least once. Um, I think that we all need to, to talk to someone who is unbiased, who is professional, Granted, yes, you can talk to your friends, but your friends are biased. Your friends are biased, and they're not professionals. Um, And it's something different about being in a a therapy session and having someone who's going to listen, having someone who you know is not going to tell everybody everything, right? It's a safe, safe place. Um, And so I think that if, you know, you're looking... For or you feel as though you have something going on in your life, it doesn't have to be a mental thing, anything going on in your life uh relationships there's so many different type of therapists, but if you have something going on in your life, you should definitely reach out um the last thing I wanted to say, and I just it's really just going back to something that I was saying before, is the last straw for me um on that on that therapy journey uh before I got medicated was suicide. Now I didn't attempt suicide uh but I ideated and um that was a, a huge thing for me because I was brought up um where you know suicide isn't a thing. Like you that's you know, it's 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 not what's happening here, right? Like I was brought up Christian. So um I was always led to believe that if you commit suicide, um, there's no heaven for you. And um, it was something that when it happened, um, it was a shock, it was a huge shock. Uh, and I I felt really torn. Uh, it was a lot of uh, cognitive dissonance, I guess, because on one hand, I'm feeling like, yo, I should not have this thought. Um, but on the other hand, I'm having this thought, and uh, I ended up writing a letter to to my mom, and um, it was it was the worst. you know, I started crying because um, I couldn't stand to leave my mom in that way. My mom is a, a really important person to me. Um, and at the same time I was feeling like just the pressure of life and not being able to figure things out, not being able, like you have no idea how much ADHD and depression and stuff like, and I say ADHD because ADHD brought with it the depression and anxiety and just the racing thoughts like my mind feels like a whirlwind and I'm trying to pull a needle out of that whirlwind like it's a tornado just spinning around and I'm trying to grab one needle out of it and and that's how my my mind felt all the time and it became frustrating and it became too much it just became too much and Um, so I wrote this letter and it was, you know, saying basically what I'm saying now. And it was saying that, you know, I thought I was strong, but life sometimes is stronger and, um, and I, I, I can't take it. And like I said, I cried, I I sat there crying while writing it. And, um, it was just, it was just a moment that it was, it was tough. It was the worst. And I knew then I have to figure something out. Like something's something's not right. Um, it just so happened, and a, a lot of people that I work with don't know this, but um, I was working uh, at a manual at that time. And um, I was volunteering, actually. And I... Think that there are two things that saved me in that moment. Um, one being my mom, and just the thought of leaving my mom, it it, it broke my heart. And um, the other thing was the people at Emmanuel. Um, it was great to to go in and work around people who just they're the greatest, you know what I mean? They, they, they're all smiling. They're all loving and, um, they make you feel like, like you're needed, you know? And, um, that was, that was, those two things were definitely, um, things that, that saved me in in that moment, in that time. So I'm forever grateful for those two things, for those people. Um, anyway, if you feel as though you need help, I would say to you, I would hope, and I hope this episode inspires you to get the help you need. Um, and it does look different for everybody else, but I do think, um, therapy is a good place to start. Yo, yo, if you enjoyed this episode of the writer's block, Make sure you tune in every Wednesday. If you're an artist, you're gonna love it. I want this podcast to be your home. I want it to be a place for you to take a step back, find new inspiration, and get back to doing what you love, what you do best, and that's creating. So make sure you join me on Wednesdays, and hopefully I can get you out of that rut that we call the writer's block. I remember those nights stuck in my head Sun in your eyes, stuck in my bed yeah